For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggy.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Coming off of a fun episode 152, Ryan and I came and talked about the Kings, the uh, in-season tournament and a bunch of other fun stuff. You can check out uh, that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing my co-host today, as always, Ryan was good. What is going on, everybody? Uh, happy to be here. We're doing this on a Saturday. Usually we record on a Thursday, Eric, but uh, we're here on a Saturday morning. King's latest game was that, uh, that win against OKC where Fox dropped, I believe, 41. Uh, so exciting game. Kings are playing pretty well right now. Um, you know, we're right in the midst of the NFL season. So I, I, if I'm being completely honest, man, you know, me and Eric are huge NFL fans. So I've been watching a lot of football. Uh, there are some games today that I'll, that I'll watch and I just play some bets right before we came on. So, uh, you know, we're getting to that point in the season, man, where, where the trade rumors are flowing already and it's, you know, really great time of the year. I, I come on here always. And say it's my favorite time of the year, pretty much December till February, um, just because of the NFL playoffs, the trade rumors. And it really, this is the point of the NBA season where you start to figure out teams, right? We always come on here and say Christmas time is a, a good time to evaluate the NBA as a whole. And, uh, you know, teams are going to start separating themselves right now. So happy to be here. Uh, you know, looking forward to some Kings basketball. I don't think they play tonight, they play tomorrow. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the Kings, uh, sitting today are, um, fifth seed and they do play tonight. They play jazz tonight, man. Oh, it's tonight. Jazz is tonight. Shit. Yeah. And you know, you, you got season tickets. You don't even know, you know, you're all over the place. I've been to one game this year. It is yeah. December 16th and I've been to one, but to my defense, man, you know, my wife is nine months pregnant right now and, uh, I can't leave the vicinity. Uh, you know, so it, it, we're really any day she could come in the room right now, knock on the door, she'd probably burst in and say, Hey, I'm in labor. We're having another baby. So, um, that is the reason for that. I, I, I really want to go, man, that, you know, I'm, I'm really bummed because I was hoping the baby would have came like a week or two ago because I really want to go to that Boston game on the 20th and I fucking can't dude. It's December 16th. 
baby's not here. I, I can't go to the game. I'm really bummed about that. So if anybody wants some tickets, then Boston Celtics Kings tickets December 20th are for sale. Dang. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, well, you know, you got to do other things. Um, the I feel like I watched the Jazz play like I watched the Jazz play so many times last year for some reason. I for some reason I went to every game that they played at uh the Golden One Center. And then I took a trip to I took a trip to Salt Lake City last year in the middle of the NBA season and I went to um the where did I go? I think I think I went and watched Mavericks and the Jazz. I can't remember. I think it was Mavericks and the Jazz and in in Utah. So it's like, yeah, I, mean, I saw plenty there. I've gone through streaks a couple years ago, like when Chris Paul was on the, the Clippers. I felt like like the only games I'd end up going to were the Clippers games. For it's just that you know how the things, way things work out. Like you watch a team play like four or five times in like a year. You get you know. I am totally okay with never watching Utah play live again. Uh, I've seen Utah probably twenty times in Sacramento. It is absolute. It blows out any other team. It, it's ridiculous. I remember when they were at Arco going to like a random game, dude, when like Paul Millsap and Derek favors and those, those guys were all on Utah and um, seeing them multiple times. Those were shitty games, by the way, dude, when back when they were in the late stages of Arco before they moved to the G1C, when Boogie was young and Utah had come to town, they were so ass dude. Oh, fucking horrible games, but totally. Okay. If I never watch Utah live again, although Although I know it's going to be a topic of discussion today, I really do watch. I do really enjoy watching Lowry Markkinen play in person. In person, it's a totally different perspective of the guy. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Just a little teaser. Yeah, there you go. I was, I was actually thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, Utah later. So uh, before we do, how about we get into uh, the ad read as always and. Of course, bringing it back again is bad online. All of the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs. Shout out, Texas. Ready to kick off. Uh, bad online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use that promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, UFC fights tonight. That's something I'm looking forward to. That's a big card, probably the biggest card of the year. So a lot going on, like you said. Uh, before we get into it, Ryan, because I know we have a couple different uh, directions we could probably take the episode today. Um, I would like to say... Th- Ryan, I think we've been getting some new listeners. I, I mentioned our Spotify wrap on our last episode, uh, kind of towards the end, and I wanted to kind of bring it back up again real quick. Um, and it, it, what was cool is Spotify gave us a lot of data just specific for Spotify users. So we, we still get a lot of listeners on Apple Podcasts and I think Google Podcasts. And there's another random one I'm not familiar with that people listen on as well. Uh, and I mentioned how we were big in Asian countries, which is which is totally true for some reason. Like we're, we're just like, you know, the Philippines and you know, all over the place, dude. I don't even know. I just off the top of the head. But uh, Spotify wrapped was interesting. And a lot. We, I noticed that we got a lot of big listeners last year towards the end of the season and during the playoffs. Some of our playoff episodes is really where a big, big bump um, uh, came through. And then I, I wanted to put it out there. As well, a couple. I said we always read reviews, and I had a couple. I don't want to forget real quick, Ryan. Um, but Matt Moderno said my go-to podcast for all things Kings. That's cool. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Greg Juice, exciting content uh, for an up-and-coming team. Team 
Um, shout it out to Aaron Fox in there. Someone said best King show in the biz. Hmm. Do you think, I don't know. Do you think we're the, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we got a chance. Oh, uh, you know, because dude, we're just some guys, man. I, I don't know if we could ever, I don't know. I'll be honest, man. Eric's sitting like in his garage. I'm in my son's bedroom. Um, you know, we just try to find, you know, places that are quiet at our houses and we're just some dudes that come on and talk about it. But means a lot, man. I mean, we're doing something right, dude. I, I got a fire truck bed sitting next to me. So if I'm getting compliments about the best Kings podcast sitting next to my three-year-old's bed, man, I'll take that. Yeah, that's well, it's something we've always tried to maintain on the podcast going way back is is that we're just we aren't trying to be journalists. I have no desire. You would have no desire. We're not press guys. We're not trying to write. We're just fans and we, you know, but it's kind of cool. You know, you get the Spotify rap, you see the data and you see people, you know, whether it's in a DM or whether it's in a review. I just want to mention that because I do kind of float that at the end of each episode. And, and instead of bringing it up, I just want to remember that. So I got a player for you this week, Ryan. If this is uh, your first time checking us out, uh, this is what we do to kick off our banter. I give Ryan a random uh, player from the past based on their bio. has to guess a player. Ryan, on a little, little bit of a down streak, I think. Um, I've got... Yeah, I've gotten you a couple times in a row now. Yeah, um, so yeah. I might have to give you a layup. Uh, no layups. Just you know, take it easy on you, little gentle baby boy over here. Yeah, so yeah. here's your play. Here's your player this week, Ryan. Um, six foot seven, uh, two hundred five pounds, uh, guard slash forward. Uh, no college. Okay. So I was reading this player actually was one of the last players drafted out of high school into the NBA. Uh, but he was drafted in 2005, 18th overall by the Celtics. Journeyman, though, here's the teams 05 to 07, Boston Celtics, 07 to 08, Minnesota Timberwolves, 08, Rockets, 08 to 9, Mavericks. Um, and then there was a little bit of a drop off where he played like all over the place, not in the NBA. Uh, and then picked it back up in 12, the Nets, 12 to 13, the Pacers, 13 to 15, Phoenix Suns, 15 to 16, Miami Heat, and then 16, 17, Celtics, 17 to 20, Rockets. A lot of a lot of teams. I don't even know how you're going to get that one. But what I'll say is he won the slam dunk contest in 07 and is a G League champion as recent of 2022. Uh, cool player. Who do you think it is? Man. Uh, well, I, I have it already. Before you said the dunk contest, you said the dunk contest gave away, but the best player in NBA 2K history, man. He really is. If you ever used him in 2K, Gerald Green. Yep. Gerald Green. Yeah, dude. He a, It was like 2K12 or something. Fucking overalls like 72. But this fool hits hella threes, dude, and was dunking hella hard. So, Gerald Green, man. So, yeah, not, not a bad one. Really gave yeah. it away at that dunk contest champion, dude. You know, you start thinking about dunk contest champions. But, yeah, I, I had it before that. I just didn't want to interrupt. No, that's good. You let and part of it is you want to let the people at home. You know, sometimes you get messages uh, after like, oh, you know, I got it this week, and uh, you want to let the people at home guess. But I was the reason I gave a lot of info. I was reading through the teams. Felt like I was reading a freaking story. I mean, dude, Gerald Green played all over the goddamn place, and 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 to have played in in the in after a career like that to play in the G League at the end of your career, a hashtag for the love of the game. Am I right? That's it. My guy was just my guy was just out here putting his heart and soul into this. It didn't matter what level he was playing at. He do he one of the more athletic probably not one of the more one of the most athletic people ever. Ever. Do you remember that dunk he had, dude, in the middle of a game when he was playing for the Nets? 
and he comes down, dude, and just East Bay between the legs in the middle of a game, dude. And it was like, fuck, dude. And I'm pretty sure it was like, it was like a one step. It wasn't like he, you know, was full sprint coming down there getting momentum. It was like grabs the ball, takes like a fucking step, goes between the leg and dunks it. So if you guys haven't seen that, man, go watch Gerald Green highlights. Ridiculously athletic. So I will say that Gerald Green ran so that Ben McLemore can flop. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I would say so he could. He, well, I, what's he say? Good comparison. He, he, Good comparison. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, young guy, you know, comes in athletic, dunk contest early, looked like he had like all around skills, you know, could shoot. Because that's what people said about Ben McElmore. He could shoot, he could dunk, he could do this. Ben McElmore's NBA comparison, dude, if I'm not mistaken, was like Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yeah. That was was a fucking thing, dude. Yeah. If I recall, though, that draft was ass. Like, I don't think there was anybody great in that draft. You'd have to pull it up to look. Fuck, what year is that, 2014? 15? I don't know. I, I I could pull it up if we really want to go into it, but that draft was ass. And and you know the thing is about the uh, not to go on a tangent because I wasn't I don't plan we don't plan anything on the show, but I wasn't planning to go here. Uh, uh the Kings drafted high for 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 several years, obviously. And if you go back, it's not like every draft is great. Like the, I I I occasionally deep dive into you know player selections on wikipedia from from previous past drafts and sometimes there's only three or four guys who any ended up like worth anything so sometimes the bust rate is just gonna be you know 80 80 percent 90 percent because it's so bad and i feel like that was one draft where the kings had to do had to pick who they had to pick and you know, i don't blame them necessarily for that one so who this is inside the, the top uh, 15 was there anybody no, dude, this is the Anthony Bennett draft. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, this draft was bad. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, CJ McCollum, uh, Michael Carter, Stephen Adams, Giannis was in this draft, Dennis Schroeder, Rudy Gobert. But here's the here's the top. Anthony Bennett, Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, Ben McElmore. So it's like you, you look at you look in there, Anthony Bennett. Biggest bust of all time. Otto Porter, even, you know, he got that huge contract, wasn't great. Cody Zeller, not good. Alex Lynn, we know how that goes. Uh, Norland's Noel, not very good. So, in the, you know, pretty much six of the top seven guys, including Macklemore, were busted. And that's what so happens. Doing, and this yeah. is, so some people will look back and be like, well, you know, Gian, like Giannis was in this draft. Yeah, but, you know, you go watch draft coverage every year. It's really about like the top 12 to 15. And then after that, you might hope to get one or two that could could play but so when you got guys in the later part of the first round or in the second round rarely that end up being studs it's just a randomness to it so you can say it was a bad draft going in and it's because you're not going to be like well the king should have picked Giannis. they would no. they never would have picked him at no. seven you, you know went, what i mean he, so, went, he went he went 15 so it's really it's really Giannis and gobert are the only ones who are really i mean cj mccollum's good you know but i'm talking you know, all NBA level type of players. There's there's two of them, dude. Schroeder was in the draft, but uh, no one would have picked. No one would have picked them in the in the top ten. They weren't even projected there. You know, and 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 that's so. Anyway, just not this. I didn't want to go crazy on it, but you know, you think about that and Ben Ben Macklemore. <laughs> the Kings I, I was, draft picks. The kid, real quick. The Kings draft picks. There are two draft picks in this draft. Ben Macklemore and Ray McCollum. Yeah. 
Uh, one day we we need to go back and it, I'm sure we've done it before, but we should go back and look at the Kings drafts, like some off season content or something. But uh, we can get into it right now. Like you said, Ryan, the Kings have actually been doing pretty well when when it's almost Christmas time and you're fifth seed and you're in the thick of it. And De'Aaron drops. De'Aaron Fox is dropping, you know, forty plus points. That's always tight. I think the Kings still are uh, looking like they've been looking, if you will. Guys are doing what they've been doing, and and doesn't seem like that's changing. So I think that at this point you can kind of start to form opinions of what players are going to be, uh, and not expect too much of a big jump, but. What's crazy about this year is, you know, we we broke down the stats last week's episode and everybody kind of was moving back to their averages. But fucking De'Aaron Fox being the one guy in the team that actually took a, the big jump. That's, that's nuts, dude. I think that's actually kind of nuts being where he was already at. He's the one guy who actually like increased his stat totals and and and, and impact, if you will. Well, getting to getting to 30 points per game that that's elite right like what, what was he at last year 26 maybe 27 um but getting to 30 points per game not very many guys can do that have the ability to do that and he has i believe he's like a 30.1 right now um so that's that's a bright spot right and and this the scary thing is is what a lot of people don't realize darren fox is 25 right now we you know realistically you're prime in the nba 27 to 31 28 to 32, maybe um, 32 is probably start to where that, you know, that athleticism starts to dip, but he's not even there yet. We're, we are probably two to three years away from the best version of Darren Fox. And that's, that's encouraging, man. If, if he's at 25 years old, 30 points per game, and they're not empty stats, right? There's guys who come out here and they, they put up a lot of points, but teams are shit, right? Teams won't be in the thick of it come playoff time. And, you know, to be at the five seed, they're fourteen and nine or thirteen and nine right now, something like that. And to be putting up those crazy stats and um, you know, really putting yourself in the conversation as the top point guard behind Steph Curry, um, there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about that. And I, you know, it's it's good to see. Um, and I really do think he is like that only guy that's really elevated his stats, right? And when you look at the starting five, Keegan Murray's not where we thought he would be. Uh, where a lot of people thought he'd be, didn't really make that jump. HB has regressed. I'm sure we'll talk about it. There has been a lot of talk on Twitter about how bad Harrison Barnes has been this year, about how bad Davion Mitchell is, who can't even really see the court. Uh, Sabonis doing Sabonis things, man. Rebounding is still top tier in the NBA. Uh, scoring seems to be up a little bit lately. If you've been if you've been watching the games. Um, but it's it's encouraging, man. I, I still think Sacramento needs another guy, and I'm sure we'll get there. But uh, De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion, should be a top five conversation for MVP. And when you go look at those MVP listings, he ain't even in there, dude. It's fucking ridiculous, actually. Uh, you go look at the, the NBA's top ten. I don't think he's in it. Uh, to me, that's just disrespectful. And especially coming off the season that Sacramento had last year, taking the Warriors to seven, being the three seed in the Western Conference, uh, and then kind of doubling up this year and being right back in it with even better stats. It's, you know, it's a, it's a little, it, it's a little disrespectful, man. And, you know, clutch player of the year last year. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad for De'Aaron Fox, but that's what you get for playing in Sacramento. It is what it is. Um, all you can do is keep him forward. You know, it, what's really going to put De'Aaron Fox in that upper echelon 
um, nationally, you know, with the recognition is they got to win a playoff series, man. So you win a playoff series and and you're there, uh, which hopefully they get done this year. We talk about how though there's different criteria for different players, like you said, for how they get crowned. And uh, even if you look the other day, yeah, get uh, the game against uh, OKC was a good one because let's I'm gonna pull it up to be SGA had 43, De'Aaron Fox had 41, Kings won by five, I believe. So the Kings win, but uh, yeah, SGA goes out there drops 43. You know what I saw on on like Bleacher and shit about how he dropped 43 and how he's a stud and that's it's crazy. Which he is held. He is hella good. I mean, motherfucker, 16 for 18 on free throws that game. Uh, he's good. It's just, yeah, it's interesting, like I said, that there's a different measuring stick for different guys. And I would say about Sacramento, but at the same time, we're talking about you got other players that if you want to be comparable in where they play, it's like you got Tyrese Halliburton in fucking Indiana, and you have SGA and OKC. We're not talking about the cream of the crop cities and, and markets in the NBA. And you st- the guys still get crowned. Even Memphis, you know, John Morant for the last couple of years. But it is, it, it's to me, it's like going back to, though, it is crazy. to, to he, I looked at his stats while you were talking. And the previous three years, he went 25 points a game. That was kind of his like out, outbreak season, right? And then a uh, breakout season, rather. And then he dipped that one year with Halliburton and his stats were at 23 a game to end the season. But I want to say throughout that point prior to the trade, it was closer to like 20. It was it was rough. And a lot of that was his usage. Then he jumps back up to 25 last year and then boom, jumps up to 30 this year. And then if you look, I have the I have the ESPN stats pulled up. And, you know, right now, Keegan Murray says he's at 13.8. Eight points, which is a little bit of a bump then. But yeah, Harrison Barnes, the big one, 11 points, dude. Like, you, you know, you, you usually when you give out a contract, you don't want to give out a contract to a guy who's been on your team and is provided for you for a couple of years and then you pay him right on his descent. Like, that's not smart. So that's one that I think the NBA, more than like the NFL and anything else, you every there's not as many players on a roster, obviously, and that contracts are guaranteed, meaning you just can't release them and free the cap. And then in order to trade them, you have to match the basically the cap in return. That's why you have to be even more cutthroat in your decisions, if you will, if that's a good word for it, that hand out contracts to descending talents. You know, I that's my thought. And I think the HB one's something that. I maybe they did it to buy their time, and hopefully, I don't want to knock the contract right away because I'm hoping that it's used to match, um, match salary for a big time player. But if not, then it'll be a hindrance when all said and done. I think. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before he even got resigned, um, and we weren't fans of it just because you you look at the timeline, you look at you know what Harrison Barnes has done as a whole, and he's solid. Right. But there were, I believe there were, there were, you know, better upgrades, clear better upgrades uh, on the market this year. But it is what it is. And like you said, it, it, it'll all take care of itself if in February or January, right around the trade deadline, he gets moved and they actually bring in a, a bigger talent to match that salary. So 
that's the hope fingers crossed. Um, but the other one too, with, with Davion Mitchell, man, it's just been disappointing. It's extremely disappointing that, you know, Keon Ellis is getting minutes over this guy, you know, dropping 17 the other night and, you know, being involved more with the, uh, with the lineup. I, I, I think, I think with Davion Mitchell too, I think that guy needs a reset, man. I will be shocked if he is on the roster at the end of the season. Uh, the guy needs a reset bad with Malik Monk coming last year with Duarte coming, um, obviously with Keon Ellis and, and with Fox in front of him, there's not a lot of, there, there's not really any room for him. Um, you know, inefficient shooter, small. I don't care how good you guys think his defense is. Um, that's great. You know, he might play some good on ball perimeter defense, but at the end of the day, the guy is six foot. Maybe uh, I think he's listed at six one in the, uh, uh, on the roster and on the depth chart, but I I've stood next to the guy, man, I'm about five, 10 and a half. And that guy is about my size. Maybe I might even be taller than him to be honest with you. Um, so it, it's the size and, um, the inefficient shooting that that's really just pushed him out of the lineup. And that's two guys that Sacramento was really depending on, you know, if you were 18 months ago, you know, you were like, Oh, Davion Mitchell and, and Harrison Barnes, it's two guys that are going to be a staple in our lineup. Um, uh, you know, with Davion Mitchell, a lot of people thought he could get a lot better. I was kind of on that track after his rookie year, but, um, chips have fallen where they fell and it is what it is, you know? So I, I, I will be shocked if he's on the team and, like you said, that, that matching contract with Harrison Barnes could bring us back uh, a considerable piece. But for Kings fans, too, it's something, you know, uh, to get to get a move done, it's going to take picks and or Keegan Murray as well on top of that. So people need to start preparing themselves because I, I think there could be a huge shift in the lineup and in the rotation coming uh, in the next eight weeks. And yeah, uh we can go into that. We can go to trade speculation talk. Before you do, though, I I'm gonna say this about Davion Mitchell. For anybody that wants to defend him, don't think there's people out there looking to do so. But to make the case, it's it, what you don't want to see from a top ten pick is a guy who gets worse statistically every season, and that's exactly what he's done. He came into the league with 11 points a game. You know. Uh, if you want to break down assists, you know, eight, eight assists, not even a steal a game, though, for being an off night defensive, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even get a steal a game, not even that. Just picking at him, I guess. But, you know, then the next year, 5.6 points, then 4.2 points, and his assists dropped to two assists a game. And so that's not what you want to see, especially with minutes. This year, he's only appeared in 17 games, started three, it says on here, which uh, that was when Fox was out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not what you want to see, and uh, unfortunately, the you could see where the trends are going. Um, and I was kind of to tie in what we were talking about earlier about the Ben McLemore on the draft and everything. I just looked to that draft was every selection after after uh, David Mitchell wasn't great. So I don't know who else they would, you know. So you look at it, and that's how it happens. And that's why we, when even at we were kind of t- we're TTP almost every year, trade the pick every year. But I remember that year specifically, we were about that because, uh, you know, even at the time they already had they had a Halliburton. So it's like, why do you need another guard? It's like you say they drafted a guy and then they, he comes in and it's just, it's not. It wasn't a position of need. It wasn't like they got crazy value. They 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 just went after a specialist, if you will, and and so to to look back in hindsight and and say, man, if they TTP, what could have been? But 
that's the story of the NBA, though. I, you know, I can't totally, you know, be an asshole and, and act like I'm a know-it-all what, because of what that. Kills, what kills me with, with Davion Mitchell, and it's not the stats, right? Like, if you're not getting the minutes, obviously you're behind Deer and Fox, right? Like, you're not going to come out and play 20, 20 minutes a night. Um, what kills me is the inefficiency, dude. You know, the, the shooting numbers, he can't, his three point shot is, it's not there. Um, and that's really what I think you look at when it comes to like a backup guy. How efficient is this dude? Is he, is he playmaking when he comes in? What's his assist numbers like? Is he playing defense? And there's a huge misconception, man, about his defense. It, it, I, I'm not scared to come on here and say, and I've said it before, being that small, you know, and not being able to, to rotate on switch on the guys and, um, you know, uh, you can say whatever he wants, man. That defense, sorry. Sorry, you know, he, cool, you can play some on-ball defense. You might be able to pick a guy up, you know, uh, three quarters of the court. But at the end of the day, getting through scheme, getting through screens, switching out on guys, and then having guys shoot right over the top of you, it's a problem. It's a problem, and it's something that um, I'm surprised nobody picked up on earlier. You know, this whole off-night thing, we used to joke about it about a season and a half ago because we're like, I don't see it. Yeah, the effort's there. You know, he, he's a strong dude. Um, but at the end of the day, you need size. You need length. You need to be able to guard multiple positions, and he doesn't provide that. And That's unfortunate, but I, I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, needs a reset. There is a role for him in the NBA. I'm not saying that he's just like a, you know, there's been some guys on the Sacramento Kings last few years, you know, that are like, holy shit, this guy shouldn't even be in the NBA. You know, Davion Mitchell belongs in the NBA, but – he needs a better role, man. And being behind a guy like De'Aaron Fox, um, who needs the ball in his hands to be effective. We've seen off-ball Fox doesn't work, right? Like when Hal Burton was here, off-ball Fox is terrible. Um, so it's not like Davion Mitchell could come in and, and play the two, not a shooter, right? He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands as well. So uh, unfortunate situation, but that's you know that's how it works sometimes. Yeah, and, and then for him too, yeah, because I don't want people to think, well, you you know, I've had this happen to me over the time of doing the podcast where I might have been neutral on a player or passionate about a player or down on a player. And then later on, it turned the opposite direction of what I thought. And then I, you know, I've had people throw it back in my face, try to keep receipts, I guess, to be clear. And this is one for David Mitchell. We, you and I were big fans. And we, I think a lot of us was, was the optimism of it. I thought he would progress to a, be a better three point shooter. And that's, that's one where I think if the guy was a better knockdown three point shooter, because he early on, what was the thing on him, right? He could play on ball defense, would come in, which is, you know, could be helpful against more elite point guards. Um, and then he had the ability to kind of create space off the dribble to get shots up for his size. Cool. But if he could shoot three, that, that was going to be the thing. And and if you can't do that, then you're really missing like a major portion of the game that could that's that is really the difference from you being on the court and, and not being on the court. Because if you know, it's one thing to have a guy who can guard a point guard, you know, and create a shot once in a while cool but if he can't shoot then he can't play him. but if he could shoot that's a different thing so yeah i agree if he got more minutes and gotten a, a a team that could he could shoot more you know i'd be pulling for the guy but it is what it is it's expired i think at this at this time let's talk about the trade rumors because it's about that time and it's about two years ago from from about right now where you and i came on and uh during the halliburton season and we came on and said the Kings should trade Tyrese Halliburton straight up. We said that. Like, we thought it would be best. We thought they should trade him to a 
for a uh, proven all-star, which they did. And uh, so it's always fun, I guess, this this time of the year. A lot of the different rumors, clearly, you see the ones that came out. The Kings are going to be interested. It sounds like the Kings should be interested in anybody who can improve, specifically bigger forward types is kind of what they're looking for, which is along the lines of what we said. So that's the Siakams, the OG Anobis, the I haven't seen the Zach Levine ones as much, even though I want it to be. I want that one to be. But the new one I really like, which we can start off is is, is Laurie Markin. And I fucking love Laurie Marketing a lot. You talked about it. I obviously said watching him play a bunch last year. I think that guy is almost a perfect compliment to the to the Kings out of all the players to me, because the guy is huge. Uh, that's that's my first thing. Off top, the guy's fucking huge. The guy can shoot. Uh, he he would be someone who would who would offer size and and some rebounding, but doesn't need to wouldn't impact Sabonis by any means. Currently, twenty three points a game, eight point six rebounds a game. Um, I don't know. I really, if I had to pick all the players on the list, even over my guy Zach Levine, who I love, I would pick Larry Markkinen personally. I don't know where you're, and he's young. So we're, I don't know who you like the best and what you what you like. I like the Lowry Markman pick and, and a lot of hate that I've seen on him on Twitter lately coming from, you know, like immediate media for Sacramento. Uh, oh, he doesn't play defense. He He's atrocious on defense. Is he? You know, is he? I, I, I've seen him live, man. The length on that dude, the size, the ability to score off the dribble, shoot. It's impressive, man. And that's what you need. And that's what you need. Right, you need length. You need a guy who can play multiple positions and can score. Sacramento lacks severely on a guy who can create a shot outside of Fox. You know, Sabonis for all the good Sabonis does for the rebounding and you know the screen setting and you know being able to just facilitate uh, from from the top of the key. It's he can't score on his own, right? And you know the the only other person that can do it outside of Fox on the roster right now is Malik Monk, and Malik Monk's your sixth man. Right, so you need a guy in the starting lineup who can who can create a shot. Can you imagine replacing Larry Markkinen with Harrison Barnes? What that does, what that does for the team. He's a better shooter. He scores at all different levels. He's bigger. Um, he commands uh, more of a presence defensively. So that's who I like. And I was shocked that a lot of people were hating on that. Um, Twenty three and eight, man. That's no. That's nothing to to turn your head to. You know, that's and he had twenty five. He had twenty five points a game last year, and it was an all star last year. Yeah, and he's young, right? What is he? Twenty five, maybe. I think he's no. He's he's a little bit older. Let me pull it up. Um, I he is twenty six. So twenty twenty six, right? That that's right on line with Fox. That's you know, I think Sabonis is twenty seven. That's right on line with the core. You know, so if there's a way to uh, to go get Lowry Markin, and the, the key there is. Um, and you've seen the reports of Toronto one. I'm an OG. Um, I, I don't see Sacramento giving up Murray picks and a rotational player. That's, that's rough. That, in my opinion, what they're asking is for Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and two first, you know, at least, and I, I don't see that. I don't think it would take that much to get Lowry Markman at the end of the day. I, I think Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, and some first um, does that, you know, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but he's my number one. He's number one on my list, hands down. Um, and I was just kind of shocked, man. I was reading the Twitter and I, a lot of people, not fans of Lowry Markman. And I think those people 
just haven't seen him live because watching him on the TV is different. You watch him tonight and you're like, okay, yeah, he's but in person, how big he is. And uh, you know, the effects he has on the game with his length and scoring ability, it's impressive live. And um, that's my number one guy for sure. The it's interesting. You said about live. One thing that sticks out last year, there was a, there was a game. I don't remember. I mean, we go to so many games. I don't remember which point of the season it was it was might have been earlier in the season but it was a really close game between the kings and the jazz if i recall and um kevin herter kevin herter hit the three that's the game that i went on the court with the drunk goggles remember that yeah that's what i was gonna ask i think that was the game you did go on the court so yeah you remember that one so it was that game and um i remember like that guy i don't know if it's in the it's, dude it's trying to recall everything but i don't know if it was in the pregame or in the game i remember he did a crazy just windmill like dunk the guy's a freak athlete is my point of what I'm trying to see. You wouldn't think it probably because he's white. He's like a white European and everyone thinks, oh, he's like a uh, Christoph Porzingis or something, you know, like he's big and kind of gets stuff. No, this guy is a athletic freak. He is seven feet tall. He's, he's almost a 40% three point shooter. He can take guys off the dribble from the perimeter. And I'm, I agree with you. Any guy that's seven feet, 245 pounds and can windmill dunk Ryan can play some rotational off ball fucking defense. Okay. I think that's a matter of, uh, you know, that I think those are people talk about defense. I, I mean, there's only so many, uh, guys who are just one-on-one clamp lockdown guys. And typically they're guys who are like the, I don't know, just randomly Tony Allen, you know, random guys, you don't, you know, who don't, uh, score or anything. So, but generally I think that, defense in the nba a lot of it is that's why forwards are so popular i think it's why the kings are trying to do it a lot of it is because of length and it's be, and you can you can do it through scheme through rotation through some coaching i think you can get by with a lot of that versus one single clamp a guy and when you and that's why everyone chases length and then 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 from there if you get scoring and three-pointing that's where you start to talk about the the next kind of tier of guys. And that's why I like Laurie Markin. I just think he's the perfect compliment. And like you said, to move off of some of the stuff that really is not going to help the Kings really in the next two to three years, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, and really the picks. Uh, I'd rather just move the picks, you know, whatever, just move off of them. It's the ultimate compliment to the roster in that you, it, it puts, it puts Keegan Murray in the Harrison Barnes role for a while. And maybe that's where he honestly ends up being as a player. He ends up ends up being in the Harrison Barnes type of tier of a fourth option on a really good team, third option on an okay team. It puts him there, and it creates a situation where you have you know Sabonis, big six ten at center. You have seven foot marketing on the perimeter. You have Keegan Murray at six ten. Both could shoot threes, right? And then, and then you're and it really complements Fox. That's why I like it. I like it the most. I like it the most. And. Man, I wish I wish it would it could happen, and you know things are tough. They're they're all always tough to happen, but we can play fantasy land. I think the the hate that that comes with marketing into defensively is people start looking at advanced defensive statistics and all that shit, and they don't take into account the team that he's playing on. Not very good. Utah is not very good. It's atrocious, man. Um, you know, not a lot of guys there that that help out. You know, and uh, there's so much pressure offensively on him and then not having other guys around him defensively. It's got to affect his statistics somehow. Now I'm not trying to advocate and say he's a great defensive player, but the capabilities there, the abilities there, he's, he's like you said, he's long, he's big, he's athletic. He can play defense, right? It's just about having guys around him playing defense and, you know, team defense and rotational defense is going to help him out. Um, 
but I, you know, having a guy like Darren Fox with Lowry Markinen and DeMontis Sabonis to take pressure off on the offensive end, you know, I think that's huge. Him, you know, I think it makes him more efficient. And then counter to that on the defensive end, he's not carrying the load so much on offense. He can focus on some defense. He can fo- focus even more on rebounding. You know, I, I think if he came here, the 23 points per game would dip for sure. But there's a possibility the rebounding numbers go up with him and Sabonis. I think they clean up the rebounds, man. That that would be, you know, with with Sabonis, who's lead. I don't know, does he lead the NBA this year? I haven't looked, but led the NBA last year. You know, you just look off the their their output right now. You're north of 20 rebounds a game with those two between them. You know, and then you throw in probably 38 to 40 points per game between them. You're getting 40 and 20 from your starting front court. That's huge. That that is. Excuse me, forty. Did I say forty and twenty? Yeah, that that that's huge. That having those two guys, name a better big men duo. You know, Cat and Gobert, right? Who else? Name name a better big men duo when it comes to scoring a rebound between those two if they were on the same roster. So, something to look at. I know Kings fans are people are going to lose their minds. You know, similar to the Halliburton thing, right? Because guys get, you know, oh well, we love Keegan Murray. We love these dudes. Well, what about the draft picks? It's something we come on here and say every single year. It takes something to get something, right? Teams aren't just giving shit out for free. We're not just going to give a 26-year-old all-star away for nothing. You're going to have to give up something. And um, there is a possibility Keegan Murray could be involved in a trade. And I think that's likely. Um, So people need to not lose their minds. Look what happened last time. You know, uh, Sabonis has been awesome. And, you know, and, and to Halliburton's credit, he's been fantastic. His output is, is ridiculous. Uh, but sometimes it just doesn't work on a roster, right? I don't think him and Fox would have worked together just because of the usage that they both need. They're they're extremely ball dominant. Uh, so I, I don't think it would work with them. And things turned out for the best, I think, for both teams in the Sabonis, Sabonis and Hal Burton trade. So I think, you know, if, if we got to move off Keegan Murray, possibly to get Larry Markman, I think they should look at that. And I think Monty knows that, right? He's shown that he's not scared to make that move, the unpopular uh, trade so keep that in mind kings fans don't lose your freaking minds over the last eight weeks like we do every all-star uh, trade dead trade deadline period so we'll see what happens man i god if they get him dude that's i was thinking about it last night when i was reading all this stuff and i'm like you know you know you just think about the possibilities right sacramento ran out of gas last year against the warriors they, they just ran out of gas right deer and fox went you know, kind of had a, had an off game or two. And then Steph Curry took it to a next level. And when De'Aaron Fox is tired like that, and you needed that other person to score, you know, when Sabonis was getting clamped up and was hesitant on the jump shot, they needed one more guy. They needed one more guy who can go out and get them a bucket and marketing can do that. So we'll see what happens. How do you feel about an OG and Pascal? If you had to pick out of one of those, what is your preference on that? Well, I'll answer that, but I want to clean up on a couple of things you said uh, on Utah. Uh, I, one thing I, I wanted to say though is 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 about Keegan Murray. Is like I one hundred percent would move Keegan Murray to to do the same thing like they do with Sabonis. I one hundred percent would do that, um, and I think that's what the Kings had to do with Halliburton. Is like, yes, a guy could become something, but we can guarantee a guy is going to be something, and. It's it's kind of one of those risk, like a lower payoff potentially, you know. But uh, but it's at least it's a safer bet, I guess is you know the point. 
And that's what the Kings need, need to really do as they're navigating this is be is take away some of the variables of 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 guys not reaching certain levels and stuff and just kind of guarantee them no matter what ends up happening in the back end. So I would do that. And another thing to add on top of it is that I think the Jazz are in it. Why would they want to trade a 26 year old all star? I think the Jazz are in an interesting place when they made the trade and blew up their team. They accumulated a lot of mismatching young young players who who could play, but they're mismatching. Like if, if you look at the roster, it's not like a cool, cohesive, planned out unit. It's a bunch of randomness, which means I think that they would be willing to actually move off of several guys on the team in an effort to uh, get more draft picks, which is what they already have, and to kind of focus on the younger players. So that I'm not saying to go after every guy because their salaries all over the place. So just bear with me, but uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, Chris Dunn's kind of getting old, but you have Taylor Horton Tucker, um, Kelly Olenek is on there still. Colin Sexton is still on there. So if you look at the team, like if you could, you need to start talking about matching money. We could have one of those situations where, you know, the Kings could end up getting back one or two of those random guys and then filling out their bench with a more veteran type of player, you know, depending on the contracts, we can dive into that another time, but um, you know, so I think that's something to add too. Um, if you got nothing to say on that, I will. I'll answer your question on the Toronto. Uh, real quick, Colin Sexton. That's another guy you watch him live defensively. You know, has the has the size, has the strength. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of a Colin Sexton. You know, if you were able to pull off a Lowry marketing and Colin Sexton to Sacramento, that's holy shit, man! I forgot about Colin Sexton. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. I, yeah, maybe a few years ago, but I think the Malik Monk, you know, the Malik Monk role is is fulfilled. But there's been talk about Malik Monk not, you know, Sacramento not being able to afford bringing him back just because he's upped his level of play again this year. So um, there are interesting pieces on there. John Collins, not a fan. A few years ago, I was like, yeah, man, you know, eighteen and ten, you know, young, but not a fan. Not not a fan at all. Well, and my point was, like I said, I've done no research, no looking into the length of their contracts or anything like that, which is probably most important for me. But, it, you know, if the contract is short term, something like that, you know, that's what you're looking at. In addition to some of these trades, too, if you gave up Keegan Reavers, you know, all of a sudden you're starting a proven NBA player who's actually in your rotation versus relying on, you know, like the Kings still do a couple miscellaneous players. All right. To answer your question on the Toronto thing, though. I'd rather have Pascal Siakam. He's had a higher peak to me. I, the contracts I know is to, is is higher, but I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably pick him. I, I think though that those players are. I've kind of turned a little bit. I've taken a little bit of a step back with the Toronto pool of players. Personally, I I I question if I, I don't know. I I have to really kind of dive into it, but I question if that's going to be the one thing the, any of those guys will be the ones to move the needle. They're kind of still living off of the off of the championship little success era of a couple years ago. A lot of that they had more veteran players, you know, on, that aren't there now. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know, man. I I'm kind of getting to the point where I'll I'd make a deal with Toronto, but it would be a it would be a salary dump and pick swap pick swap type of situation. Not a not a Keegan Murray and f- bunch of future shit. It would be salary dump stuff, and I would do it. Yeah, you look at you look at those two guys. I, I looked it up while you were talking. Siakam's twenty nine. He's averaging twenty one and six, and he shoots twenty five percent from the three point line. Okay, it doesn't really align with 
Darren Fox's timeline, right? A little older. Uh, I think his best years are behind him. And then the OG and Unbi, I, I lean towards OG. 16 points per game is like 15.8 or 9 or something like that, but he's 39% three-point shooter and does play some defense. But again, he's not as young as people think. When you think OG, you probably thought he's 23, 24, 26. You know, he aligns with that timeline, but moving the needle, I, I don't know if he does. And to give up what they're asking, it's the asking price, right? If they were to be like, hey, we'll take Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, and, you know, two firsts, I'd be like, okay, for OG, that's, that's fine. But Keegan Murray, I'm not giving that up right there with multiple picks. That's the problem. And the the asking price from Josiah, whatever, Majeri, or however the hell he says his, his name, uh, it came out yesterday. Like I said, uh, Keegan Murray, rotational player and picks. Harrison Barnes, what that sounds to me is Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and two or three first. And that, that, that asking price is way too much for a guy that I don't think moves the needle as much. Yeah, that's, I'm with you. Like the Chicago, oh, sorry, the Toronto stuff is that, that, that's a, uh, that situation is not as enticing to me. I, I, I don't know if I'd, still even give up Keegan Murray for OG. It's like, you know, I, I think a lot of it is the cap. It's the cap stuff. It's like, why, why, why put yourself in a situation where you lose, you lose future trade assets and increase your cap holding for a player that is not crazy significant of an upgrade, you know, and this probably won't move the needle, honestly. So to me, I'm not, I'm just not really like I said, I'm, when it comes to the that team and and trades, it's a you know it's a salary thing to me, you know it's a salary dump, which is not what they're looking for. And that's the thing about Toronto is that I think they've played it kind of bad as a franchise ever since they won, where they they they've had tons of opportunities to move players and move off players, and they haven't done it because like last year they're asking for so goddamn much, you know. And it's crazy. And I think that there's what sucks about this sometimes about these, you get these little periods in NBA, you get these little time frames, man, where sometimes people, uh, the, the trade value stuff gets sour because you have stupid trades that occur. You know, like what's his name? Vucevic or the magic Vucevic trade to Chicago. If you go look at that trade and what they gave up, it was a ton. You know, yeah, there's been tons. Of uh, you got a lot of stuff like that. And like, so now teams, they have a player of worth anything and they're like, Oh, I wanna I want fucking multiple picks. I want multiple young players, and you're taking off our shitty cap. And it's like, I don't know, man. That doesn't really work out, you know? And then that's why when the Kings make a trade like they did with Albert and first bonus, you know, they get um they get shit on you didn't get enough value, you know. But I think that's more realistic of a trade, like stuff like that, than multiple picks, young players, and cap relief. So basically, you want everything that's extremely beneficial to building. Every, you want every single thing. You want a pick, you want young players, and you want cap relief. That's literally like the trifecta of building a team. And that's you think you're going to get that because you have a aging, highly paid Pascal Siakam. Like that equates to that. And you're, and I, don't, I don't see it. So the leverage isn't there. So I don't know, that's how I feel about Toronto. Hundred percent. That's that's why I was looking it up. You know, it's man. I and does Pascal fit again with Sabonis that great? I, I would like a guy who's a little more efficient from the three point line if he's going to come in. You know, you, you got to have you got to have something, right? You either got to if you're going to play next to Sabonis, you better be 
an extremely good defender who shoots threes, you know, or you're able to, you know, take people off the dribble and rebound extremely well. Doesn't really, he doesn't really check, check those boxes, 6.8 rebounds a game. You know, you're that guy in, in Toronto and it's 21 points and 6.8 rebounds and you shoot 25% from the three point line. And on top of it, you're 29 and you cost hella money. Not a fan, dude. I, I'm not a fan. That's for me. That just doesn't make sense uh, to go get Pascal, especially after that asking price. So, see what so happens. something something on here. You know, you like to take away some sometimes like it, a couple seasons to look at the bulk of like the uh, of a guy's average. Okay, and and the one thing I will say about, about Pascal Siakam, and I said earlier he's hit a higher peak. He's coming off a season last year where the guy he. He averaged he played 71 games and averaged 24 points a game. And his his rebounding's been steady around the five or six mark. And then there's been multiple seasons in the career where the guys he's an he's a career average, you know, 30, 33 percent three point shooter. He's had his seasons as high as 37 percent. Um, but generally you know, floats around the 32 to 35 percent mark. And so, I mean, this guy this year in twenty five games, yeah, his averages are down, averages are low. I think Toronto's a mess. I think it's a team that doesn't again another team out there that doesn't have a cohesive roster that makes sense. And so, you know, I'm not defending him because I, I kind of made my point to the contrary already. But that, you know, I think that the, it, 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 if he got here, I think that I would like I would like to believe it'd be in the Kings probably would that'd be probably closer to the last three years of statistical output versus the 25 games of shittiness of that team this year, in my opinion. 100%. I'm scrolling Twitter right now, just looking at the Lowry Markkinen remarks and stuff. Man, the biggest hater on Lowry Markkinen is Carmichael Dave. Well, the biggest, no, the biggest hater. Of course, dude. Like the one guy who's constant. I don't even, I don't follow him anymore because he, he hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> no, nah, he didn't. I'm just, he just talked shit to me, dude. And I just don't really like, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go into all that, that. But, like, of course, that guy would have, like, the bad takes, you know? Oh, no, no, extreme, no. extremely hating on him, dude. Just not. What's the hate? What's the hate? Here, I'll read it for you. That he's white? I think that's it, dude. I think he that says, he's white. I really don't get the marketing to Kings talk here locally. The guy averages 60 games a year. Excellent scorer, which isn't needed. I disagree. And a sieve on defense, which is desperately needed. He's an expiring. He's expiring next year. There's better out there for this team. So people's counter to this, right? Like I, I you know, I can appreciate your take, uh, but they do need another score, which is this guy saying, which is true because Sabonis doesn't need to be the second leading score. And then also saying, I think defensively under Brown, he could get a little better playing alongside guys like Sabonis and Fox will help him improve. Carmichael Dave, if you're asking Lowry to play defense, you're asking a cat to bark and a dog to meow. The guy hasn't shown any ability or interest in shot blocking. That's not who he is. And people are just coming on and saying what we're saying, you know, playing with two all-stars, not having to be that leading score every single night will help him on the other end. That's what people are saying. You know, people are talking about his size, his length. Um, the only, you know, the only part about marketing is just signing the extension. But I think, you know, if you're, this would be the best situation for him. I don't think he'd have a problem signing an extension with Sabotis and Fox on him. You know, being in the being in in the playoffs, um, you know, Sacramento for for what everybody says, you know, not being a destination, whatever. The culture shifted a little bit, right? A lot of it. <laughs> you know, having two guys and two all stars, and having the coach of the year, and 
you know, making a, uh, a little bit of a run like they did taking Golden State, who was the defending champs seven games, has changed the culture. And I think it wouldn't be an issue re-signing Larry Markman into extension at all. Um, but is you know, everybody seems to be aligned with what we're saying with having those all-stars around you takes pressure off. He's in Utah. He's got to do it all. He has to do it all, you know, and having guys around him takes the pressure off. And somebody said he would be a pure stretch four on this team. Yeah. Yeah, he would. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's huge. You know, that, that is huge. I, I think the role for him in Sacramento is ideal. I think he'd be one of the best stretch fours in the entire NBA. Because I don't count, you know, people like to put Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's not a stretch four. Okay. Just because on, on 2K, you put him in the four spot, doesn't mean he's a stretch four. Okay. <laughs> like, like, it's not, that's not, I don't consider that. Um, but yeah, a couple things on that. I mean, there's around the NBA, if you're playing in into the 70s of total games, the, the, you're con- I think you're considered a guy who plays a lot. I mean, most guys, are, if you even look, are, are on that pace. So that, I, I think that's invalid. Um, yeah, they're saying they're saying he plays sixty. I haven't looked early on in his career. He was hurt in in Chicago. That that's hundred percent true. He didn't play many games in Chicago. Um, I didn't I didn't look at last year, but I I, I kind of I look at those you know guy guys miss games right. I I think you know when you look at it, has a guy torn an ACL or an Achilles, you know, or is he just missing games early on in his career because he's banged up and he's a young dude and he's being tossed down there with freaking grown ass men, you know, that might be it. True. And, and I would say on the extension thing to counter that as well, like you did is to add is that the guy's been on three NBA teams already. So if he got traded, it would be his fourth and he's 26. So you're a 26 year old all-star. You've been on four NBA teams. You get traded to an up and coming playoff team with two additional all-stars where you fit perfectly. You're not going to sign. I I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Okay. Um. I want to move us some to something real quick, Ryan. I wanted to talk about because I didn't want to not talk about it. I put on here. I wanted to talk a little bit about Draymond Green because why not? Because me and you both kind of hate Draymond Green, and I wanted to put it out there. What dude? What that guy did the other day is was horseshit, dude. And the and I. I, I'm gonna just vent. I don't like Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr's a bitch. I think he's getting made. I think people are seeing it. They're making fun of him. You see the thing about him talking about a DJ or whatever, and you know, I think Steve Kerr sucks. His I watched his little clip this morning about what he said about Draymond, and you know, he needs to get better. Well, you know, they fucking enabled that guy for all of these years. They enabled him. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna probably, I don't know, maybe they'll use his excuse to toss him out. I don't know, man. So I hate Kerr. I hate that. And Draymond Green, man, I, I like Draymond Green off the court, actually. Surprisingly, like, I think Draymond Green is a smart guy off the court. and But, dude, on the court, I don't know if I've ever hated a player more than I've hated Draymond Green. They, dude, to turn around, we all play basketball and pick up bat- Dude, if you did that stuff in a, in a gym, bro, it's on site, dude. You're getting hands. We're throwing fists. Like, he straight up, there's no way, there's no ambiguity, dude. He turned around and decked the guy. And I think coming off of last year, where he stomped out Sabonis in the playoffs, you know, and all the other shit he's done before. Man, I'm just over it, bro. I just want to put that out there. I'm just over that. I agree. I, I think, you know, he, he said he was trying to sell the call. Like, I didn't mean to hit him in the face. Motherfucker, dude. I, 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 I watched that live, and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, when is it going to end with this guy? And 
finally, the NBA is kind of like, all right, suspended definitely, you know, they put out that checklist of things that he needs to uh, check off before he can come back. And uh, the guy is one, he's one more incident away from being out, like out. I, I think there's a real chance that if he, if he was to pull this shit, if he comes back and pulls this shit again, there's a chance the NBA is like, bro, whole year, you're out. You're out for the whole season. Get the fuck out of here. We're suspending for 82 games. Because um, there's guys who have received suspensions for a lot less than that. And, uh, you know, even coming off that five-game suspension where his first game was back against the Kings. Fucker got teed up, dude. Like, you haven't played in over a week, dude. You come in, and literally 20 minutes into the game, you're getting teed up. And, you know, it's it's been constant just... Steph Curry having his back, Steve Kerr having his back, and I fucking get it, right? That's your that's your teammate. You guys have won championships together. But at some point, right? At some point, that should have been a long time from a long time ago from this point that we're at right now. Somebody should have stepped in and said something. Somebody should have somebody should have had uh had a conversation with him. Steph Curry should have called his ass out publicly. Steve Kerr should have called his ass out publicly. Clay Thompson should have called him out publicly. You know, and then you see those those things with him and Durant and Durant saying, you know, you know, talking about the reason he left and and all this shit. Somebody should have put that guy in his place a long time ago, you know, and it's a real shame because he's a decent player. Right. I I don't think by any shape or form that that guy is a Hall of Famer. He's going to get in just because he played with Steph Curry. Right. But the guy's not a Hall of Famer. You know, and this guy has gotten a fucking pass for years. He cost them a championship. He cost them a championship that year against Cleveland when he got suspended and Cleveland came back from 3-1. He cost Steph Curry a championship. And, you know, that there's if you're Steph Curry, man, at what point do you just say, fuck this guy, dude, it's over, it ran its course, we had some good years. But if you're Steph Curry, do you go to Golden State and you say, we got to get rid of him? Guy's got to go. You know, because... Draymond Green's way past his prime. Klay Thompson's way past his prime. Steph Curry is still kicking and still balling. He's still the best point guard in the NBA. He's hurting Steph Curry's final five years because he's acting like an asshole. So uh, I, I think there's a real chance he's not there uh, come next season. But we'll see, man. So I, I, I'm with you, dude. Fuck that guy. And uh, it's hard for me to the Steve Kerr point you made that Steve Kerr's a bitch. I, I agree in the sense of his antics, right? He's just... He's came on and I know it was for the active shooter shit where he cried and he got up on there and he, you know, when is this going to end? But I have an issue with Steve Kerr with that stuff because you're an NBA coach, dude. You know, all these guys get caught up in the social justice movement. They get caught up in all the bullshit in the news when your job is to play football. And I understand freedom of speech and all this shit. I don't agree with a lot of stuff he said. I don't agree with a lot of his antics and then the icing on the cake bitch move the dj shit dude that stuff bothers me it bothers me because like bro it's not even your home court dude have you ever been to a golden state warriors game they're the worst fucking fans in the nba dude they come to sacramento and all you fucking hear is warriors it's fucking retarded i hate it i can't stand it i i can't stand it so for him to get up there and say that shit about the dj for him to get up and make comments and still have Draymond Green's back, for him to call people out in the press and the media and to call, you know, freaking senators and presidents and governors and all this bullshit out and kind of shame people. I'm over him. I'm over him. But the guy at the end of the day, 
the guy fucking wins, dude. He's won at every level. You know, the guy has championships on top championships on top championships at every level. So uh, I don't think he sucks. To your point, though, I just think he's a bitch. Yeah, I think I I that's why I feel the same exact way. It's it's all these people. Popovich has kind of entered that territory too, where they think because they won championships that it puts them on this like higher social level where they 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 like amongst everybody else. It's kind of like this elitist, condescending kind yeah, of like yeah, exactly he does these interviews where he puts his arms crossed and he 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 gives his take and and all the Bay Area journalists who just want to get close to the team just kiss his ass and talk about how smart he is. So the guy just sits around and, and everybody just tells the guy how smart he is. And he's just kind of condescending uh, towards everybody else. And, and, it's and the that, arms that's crossed. It's the arms crossed the shame on you. That's yeah. what it is. Dude, Bro, that's who what, are that's you? What the, that's what the that's what bugs me about him. It's the. Are, he's and he's done it multiple times where he arms crossed and he starts talking down on you. Shame on you guys for this. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you know this person. And it's like, bro, you're just a basketball coach, bro. Like uh, that's cool, but stay in your lane. And and then that that comes with you, you know. And you brought up Popovich. Popovich coming on and not letting the San Antonio fans boo Kawhi Leonard. Fuck Kawhi Leonard. If I was if if Kawhi Leonard played for the Sacramento Kings and pulled the shit that he pulled. With his uncle or whoever it was, fuck that guy. How? Dude, fuck that guy. That's part of sports. That's part of you getting paid millions of dollars. You pulled some shit on our franchise. You put our franchise back ten years. You know, with with where they could have been right now with San Antonio. Goddamn right, boom. For him to pick up the microphone and talk shit. That's not what we do here. Fuck you, man. I am not a fan of that shit. Part of being a fanatic is that experience of, yeah, you were you you fucked us. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you, man. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. That is part of the game. You know, the other night, the other night was when Josh, when Josh Giddy was playing in Sacramento, and everybody knows the issues with Josh Giddy lately with the underage girl, all that shit. That motherfucker got booed every time he got the ball. And I was there for it. I loved every single second. And I'm watching on the TV and I'm like, fuck yeah, boo that guy. Fuck him. Fuck him. That's part of the game. You know, you live in the spotlight, you live in the limelight, you get paid millions of dollars to play basketball. It comes with the territory. Now, what I'm not a what I'm not a fan of is throwing beers on players, right? The malice in the palace shit. Um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, you know, getting in a player's face. How Russell Westbrook has had to deal with a lot of it with fans getting in his face courtside. You've seen that kind of shit. Not a fan of that. But if you're getting booed by 20,000 people because you fucked over the franchise and you pulled some bullshit, yeah, screw you, dude. Screw you. I'm a fan of that stuff. And Popovich, you're right, has done it. And then Steve Kerr is the ringleader of that shit, dude. The, the shame on you, pointing finger in your face. That I hate it, dude. That's bitch fucking moves. Yeah, that's well said, man. And then on top of that, he named his son Nick. So I question where this guy's coming from. Okay. So, just saying, dude. dude. That's the funny you said that. I was, I was thinking about the other day, and I'm like, did he not see that? As a parent, they're like, "Oh, Nicholas, you don't think that people are going to call your son Nick?" And then with the last name, I'm not going to come on and say it. I don't need to get canceled by the by the local media. But did you not think about that stuff? I'm, I just, I, I'm, I'm about to have a kid here pretty soon, and me and my wife sat down for weeks on end, and we thought of names, and we thought of. <laughs> Nicknames that people would call him. If you're so smart, man, come on, dude. Come on. You know well, that's why I put it. That's why I said it. I said it tongue in cheek, but I did say it. 
because I'm in the same process. You know, I'm a kid too. I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, I've thought, thought about everything, what they're going to call them, what they're going to do. This. You're, you thought about it, bro. You thought about it. Just saying, you thought about <laughs> it. You knew. So I don't know. No, but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, the whole thing of Golden State. And we talked, me and you have talked about it. That's why I kind of brought it up on the podcast and that coming out of this run they're doing, you know, they're looking like they're making the mistake of kind of holding on to things a little bit too long. And you have to, all the great dynasties come to an end. And then if they don't pivot appropriately, they're going to be in the tank for a long time, which I'm okay with, you know, we paid our dues. But if you look in the NBA, that's what happened with uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, that's what happened. They they kind of let it all expire, and they didn't exit it out cleanly, and which is hard to do. And the NFL, look at the Patriots right now. It's it's a big dynasty. There's there's teams like that you could all day, and and they're gonna hold on to Draymond because of the fan favorite stuff, and and hold on to Clay. So I'm cool with it. They, they can do that. They can ruin their franchise. I don't care. There are there are teams though. There are really good examples of teams that didn't Boston in in the late two thousands. You know, right right when they traded uh, KG and uh, Paul Pierce and got a haul back with all those picks. You know, they moved off and they did the right thing. You know, Miami's done that a couple times. You know, Miami has gone in the shitter a few years just to rebuild and be even. You know, possibly even better and return to the championship and do all this shit. Uh, so there are ex- good examples in the NBA hi- history of teams that don't get too emotionally attached. Uh, you know, but the the big hurdle with, with Golden State is uh, Bob Myers not being there no more, right? It, they're in this fragile situation where, you know, the guy, the executive who's been running your team through this championship run walks away this year, right? So it's kind of for whoever, I don't even know who's there now running the show, but for guys like that, it's like, damn dude, Bob Myers built this. We have these quote unquote legends. Really it's Steph Curry. You know, we have Steph, we have clay and and Draymond. What do we do? What do we do? It's gotta be a hard decision. Are you the guy that Bob Myers leaves? And one year later, you tear the fence down. Uh, It's a hard decision. You absolutely fucking do, but I wouldn't want to be that guy, man. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that was a fun conversation. I'm glad I brought that up. But uh, with that, though, I think we're going to close out the episode. So, hey, guys, appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact and be part of the show, you know you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Um, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, slide down on Apple Podcasts or set up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review and a comment if you could. It does help us uh, populate the algorithm and reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, if you want to check us out, you can find us on the Believe Podcast Network where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.